بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وبارك على الأشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أما بعد فحياكم الله جميعا وبارك الله فيكم الحمد لله we continue with our explanation or read a fruit explanation of Sheikh Zayd al-Madkhali of the text by Sheikh Islam Muhammad Abdul Wahab for Falafat al-Usul and the three principles and in the previous lesson we discussed some of the Anwar al-Ibadah some of the different forms of Ibadah and today inshallah we'll go through some of the adilla in relation to these different forms of ibadah and Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab he mentions in relation to these different forms of ibadah these different types of ibadah فَمَنْ صَرَفَ مِنْهَا شَيْعًا لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ فَهُوَ مُشْرِكٌ كَافِرٌ وَدْلِيلُ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَمَنْ يَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَاهًا آخَرَ لَا بُرْحَانَ لَهُ بِهِ فَإِنَّمَا حِسَابُهُ عِنْدَ رَبِّهِ إِنَّهُ لَا يُفْلِحُ الْكَافِرُونَ And so Allah Ta'ala mentions the Shaykh Islam rather begins by mentioning that whoever directs anything from these different forms of ibadah to other than Allah, then this individual is a mushrik, a polytheist. And so by way of that, it's a kafir, a disbeliever. And then the proof is the statement of Allah ta'ala, that whoever calls upon a deity other than Allah without any just proof that his reckoning will be with his Lord, and indeed the disbelievers will not attain success. And so this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has judged upon these individuals by way of their kufr, has established that these individuals are upon disbelief. And whoever calls upon other than Allah, yani meaning that they worship along with Allah another deity. then no doubt such an individual has fallen into shirk and fallen into kufr. For indeed we know that there is no ma'bud, there is nothing that is deserving of worship in truth besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the ayah the individual does not have the proof in relation to what he is worshipping if he doesn't have the proof and indeed he will not have a proof that the individual that is upon that ibadah yani that worship of Allah and without that proof then what will occur is the hukum which is one talk the hukum the ruling that has been presented and mentioned that the individual is upon kufr the individual is upon disbelief because they directed the action of ibadah to an Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Sheikh Zayd goes into mission. وَبَيَانَ ذَلِكَ أَنَّهُ لَا يُوجِدْ مَعْبُودْ يُعْبَدْ بِحُجَّةٍ وَسُلْطَانٍ مِنْ كِتَابٍ وَسُنَّةٍ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تَبَرَكُ وَتَعَالَى And so he mentions that there is nothing that is worthy of worship. There's nothing that is worshipped. With any proof on form of proof. Of any authority. By way of the book or the sunnah. Other than Allah. Anything that is worshipped besides Allah. Then this is batil. This is ibadah which is batil. And in reality it's not even regarded as being ibadah. And it's blameworthy. For indeed the person has not established his ibadah upon clear 
proofs. This ibadah is not mawafiq with the proofs and the shaykh mentions min al-aqal or al-naqal. That is not established by way of proofs from the intellect or from the yani, the transmission of the nusus, the text. Barakallahu fiqhum. And so, what we understand from this is that we have Adillah from the intellect and Adillah from the Nusus, the Naqal, the Aqal and the Naqal. The Aqal is what is what we witness before ourselves and our intellect approves of that or affirms that this is the truth. So for example, the individual ponders upon the ayat of Allah. The individual ponders upon the creation. And with that pondering upon the creation, he's aware that Allah Ta'ala is a Rabbul Alameen. He's aware of the wujudillah. He's aware that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is in existence. He's the Lord of all the creation. Likewise, as well, that which is mawafiq al-aql, that which is in accordance with the intellect, the sound intellect, is that the individual, the individual affirms that if Allah Ta'ala is Rabbul Alameen, that he alone is Rabbul Alameen, then he alone is the only one worthy of worship. And the worship should not be directed to other than him. The naql is in reference to what we have from the nusus, the text of the kitab, was sunnah. The nusus from the book, and the sunnah. And so thus, for example, when it comes to the naql, when it comes to the text and the intellect, then there is no ta'arud between al-aql and naql. There is no contradiction between the text and the sound intellect. And that what we find within the text, the sound intellect can affirm and agree with. When it comes to the intellect, we do not use the intellect as a means of us or a sole means of us deriving at the truth and arriving at the truth. It's not sufficient. And this is the way of some of those that have deviated that they solely relied upon the intellect. Whilst the intellect can be deficient. A person's intellect can be deficient. And so thus, if, for example, a person does discover that there is a ta'arud, that there is some form of, def- there is some form of contradiction between the aql and the naql, there is some form of deficient or some form of contradiction between the intellect and the text, then you understand that the deficiency is in the intellect. The deficiency is in the intellect, because the text is wahi min Allah, it's kamil. It's upon completion and perfection. And so the intellect is a tool in order for us to arrive at the truth. The intellect is a tool in order for us to arrive at the truth and to understand the truth. But it's not the sole means of us attaining that truth. And Allah Ta'ala, A'lam. Now, thereafter, Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab he goes the mission, وَفِي hadith. الدُّعَاءَ مُخُ الْعِبَادَةِ And so there's a hadith that mentions الدُّعَاءَ مُخُ الْعِبَادَةِ So the dua is essentially the essence of ibadah. This hadith itself, الدُّعَاءَ مُخُ الْعِبَادَةِ is a hadith which is da'if. There's a weak hadith. Yani there is a weakness within its chain. The isnad has a weakness within it. However, there is a, a narration with a similar wording that is authentic, and that narration is a dua huwal ibadah. The dua it is ibadah. And so this narration here strengthens the other. Essentially, what we mean by way of that is that this narration here strengthens the other in its meaning. Sometimes you hear, for example, they'll say a hadith. This hadith is da'if, 
However, its ma'na is sahih. Its meaning is sahih. You heard this before? Hadith is da'if, but the meaning is sahih. Naam. What we understand from that is that the, the meaning, the hadith bidhati, the hadith in of itself, is weak. There's a weakness somewhere in it. However, there's another nas, another text, it might be an ayah, it might be another hadith, that carries the same meaning, that agrees with the meaning within that narration. So we now, we can't act upon, we can't say that we're going to act upon that narration, because that narration is not correctly ascribed to the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu However, what we can say, what we can say is that we act upon the meaning. Now we act upon the meaning of what is found within the narration. Because there are other texts that support it in its meaning. Now, and so this is the case with this particular narration where it mentions a dua mukhul ibadah. Yeah, this narration mentions a dua mukhul ibadah. The narration of itself is weak, however, a ma'na sahih. Due to the other narration which is found, which is a dua, huwa ibadah. The dua is ibadah. Now, and so, thereafter, from the adilla that is mentioned for a dua as well, it's a statement of Allah subhanahu ta'ala, wa qala rabbukum ud'uni astajib lakum, inna ladhini astakbiruna an ibadatis yadakhuluna jahannam adakhireen. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned Afwan If the sisters could uh, Stop with the, the talking Barakallahu feekum As it's uh, Quite distracting Allah ifadakun Now And so Allah ta'ala states In relation to this affair Of a dua And your Lord Has stated and your Lord has stated, call upon me and I will answer. I call upon me in supplication, I will answer your dua. Indeed, those that turn away from my ibadah in haughtiness, they will enter Jahannam in humiliation. They will enter the hellfire in humiliation. And so what we understand from this, barakallahu feekum, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised and has made a wa'ad Promise the creation, promise the ibad, the servants, in relation to the affair of dua. That if you make dua, then it will be answered. And you call upon Allah and it will be answered. And so this is Amr, as Sheikh Zaid mentions, Amr Sarih is a direct command from Allah ta'ala. And to call upon him as in ibadah. And to call upon him in dua and mas'ala. And to call upon him when it comes to asking of him. And so this is the affair of ibadah, which is dua. And a promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of al-istijaba. A promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this dua will be answered. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ne would never go back upon a promise. And so, he, he when it comes to the affair of the dua and the person asking of Allah, then the individual will be from those that will have that supplication answered and are asking answered. And so this affair of asking of Allah is from Iman. It's from our Iman, from our faith that we ask of Allah. For indeed we, we have that belief and that faith that that dua will be answered. We have that faith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the capability of doing anything within the creation. For anything that we ask of Him. And the reality is, is that when the person makes the dua... And he calls upon his Lord. This individual is in a state of success. Is in a state of success. For indeed that dua is one in which if he is sincere, he'll be rewarded for it. It's ibadah. He'll be rewarded for that dua. 
if he attains what he asks for within the dunya, then of course, that is khair, he's attained some khair in the dunya. If, for whatever reason, he doesn't attain it in the dunya, that dua is answered, he may attain it in the akhirah. And then, no doubt, this is some khair that he attains in the akhirah. And Allah may protect him, may be protecting him from an affair within the dunya that he's unaware of. However, if the person calls upon his Lord, asking of his Lord, then no doubt this is a means of success in any way, shape or form. Because he's going to be rewarded for it anyway. Whether he attains that thing in the dunya or not. Likewise, within this ayah as well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has warned us against the haughtiness of the one that turns away from the ibadah. I the haughtiness of the one that does not يعني, call upon his Lord and ask of his Lord. As is mentioned, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَةِسْ يَدَقُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ Indeed, those that turn away haughtily from my ibadah, from my worship, right to dua here, the supplication here, then indeed they will enter the hellfire in a state of humiliation. As this is a wa'id al-shadid, a severe threat. And so within this, no doubt, is a nahi, is a prohibition of directing ibadah to Avna Allah. Likewise, a nahi, a prohibition of the one haughtily turning away from his Lord and asking of his Lord. And whoever directs anything from ibadah to Amr Allah for mustakbir, wala shak, is an individual that has done so yani by way of his pride and haughtiness. وَكُلُّ مَنْ تَرَقَ الْعِبَادَةِ سُوَاءً عَبَدَ غَيْرَةِ أَمْ لَمْ يَعْبُدْ غَيْرَةِ فَهُوَ مِنْ مَنْ يَدْخُلْ تَحْتَ هَذَا الْوَعِيدِ الشَّدِيدِ And likewise, as is mentioned, anyone that, that leaves off the worship of Avna Allah, whether that be due to the fact they worship Avna Allah, or due to the fact that they've just left off ibadah altogether, then they are those that enter into this severe threat. The severe threat. Now, whilst in the knowledge that the person does not leave off worshipping Allah unless they incline themselves to worshipping other than Him, Tabarakwa Ta'ala. Now, وَقَدْ لَا يَرَى أَنَّهُ يَعْبُدُ الْعَصْنَامِ وَالْأَوْفَانِ أو لَا يَرَى أَنَّهُ يَعْبُدُ الشَّمْسِ وَالْقَمَرِ وَلَكِنَّهُ يَعْبُدُ الْهَوَى الَّذِي تَمَكَّلْ مِنْ قَلْبِهِ حَتَّى صَرَفَهُ عَنْ عِبَارَةِ اللَّهِ And so it's possible to find an individual He doesn't worship يعني, the idols or the sun or the moon However, that which he's directing his ibadah towards because his ibadah is not directed towards Allah He's haughtily turned away from the ibadah of Allah. And thus he's directing his ibadah towards yani his hawa, his desires. And that his desires are what lead him and have entered his heart and lead him towards directing ibadah away from Allah. We understand from this, barakallahu feekum. When we think and we ponder upon this, it's a fair of the mas'ala, asking of Allah that when we ask of the people, ask of the creation, the creation will become tired of the question of asking eventually. The creation will become fatigued with being asked and having things sought from them. However, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rather, he mentions I, the, the, the state of not asking is one which is mazmoo. I not asking Allah is one which is blameworthy. 
I turning away from this action of ibadah and calling upon Allah is one which is blameworthy. When it comes to the creation, then the creation will become fatigued with that. Also, Allah commands us with asking Him and asking Him. Indeed, He is the one that disposes of the affairs within the creation. So if we want something to change within the creation, i.e. the dunya, and we want something from the dunya, or we want something from anything to do with the creation, then we ask Allah, because He's the one that disposes of all the affairs within the creation. And so this is why this affair is madhmoon, is blameworthy, where the individual turns away from asking his Lord, turns away. And this, is, this can be as well from the wasawis of the shayateen. That the shayateen come to an individual and they make the individual despair, cause the individual despair when it comes to any khayr that may come his way. And he says there's no hope in this affair. There's no hope in this affair. For example, the person has an illness. And he's told by everyone, there's no cure for this illness. Well, we know, whilst we know there's a cure for every illness, except for death. But the person is told by every single professional. And he believes that. And he believes that there's, there's, no, there's, no, there's nothing that he can do. And so thus with that, with that despairing, of that attitude that he has, he doesn't ask his Lord. Whilst his Lord is the one that created him. His Lord is the one that created him, created his jism, created his physical body. His Lord is the one that created anything that is from his amrad. His Lord is the one that is able to remove those amrad, remove those illnesses. So upon him is to ask his Lord. Likewise, the one that is in a state of poverty, and he despairs about his poverty, and he believes that he's not going to be able to, to come out of that state. Naam. He just despairs. And he feels lowly regarding it. Rather, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's a razaq. He is the one that provides. He is the one that bestows wealth upon individuals. And so they turn to him. If they truly want a change in their circumstances. No doubt seek the means. No doubt we seek the means in order to change our circumstances. In order for, in order for attain, to attain something that we want. We seek the means. However, we do not make ourselves those individuals that rely solely upon the means whilst neglecting a dua. Whilst neglecting, supplicating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala knows best. Thereafter, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, he goes on to mention the delete some of the adilla for this for this ibadah for this ibadah we mentioned. As so I mentioned, what delete al khawf? Qalu Taala, فلا تخافوهم وخافوني إن كنتم مؤمنين. And the delete the proof for fear is that you do not fear them. Rather, you fear me if indeed you are believers. And so this ayah is a warning. For the people of Iman, it's a warning for these people that they should not have fear of the creation that reaches the fear of etiqad. It reaches the fear of their creed. It comes to the extent that this is a, a fear that is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That they fear an individual, they fear something from the creation, believing that this thing that they're fearing has the sole ability to descend harm upon them, or has the sole ability to bring about benefit for them. And so they fear them. For example, mentioned previously the example of those that fear the jinn. They fear the jinn and they believe that the jinn. Yani or the shayateen are those that will bring about have the soul ability to bring about harm from them for, upon them rather without ascribing anything that occurs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if Allah ta'ala permits then the harm may come but if Allah ta'ala permits then that harm will be repelled from them 
But because they're overcome with fear for these things, they just reach the stage of yani, the kauf, which is ibadah. Which reach the stage of fear, which is yani, worship. Thereafter, the Shaykh mentions the next ayah. But the leader Raja Kolu Ta'ala. فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءِ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا And so, Allah Ta'ala states, And whoever has hope for the meeting with his Lord, then they will perform the righteous actions, whilst not, whilst not being from those that associate partners, with his Lord, anything in partnership with his Lord. But the little tawakkul, and the delay for tawakkul that we mentioned previously as well in the last lesson, the same of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَعَلَى اللَّهِ فَتَوَكَّلُوا إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ And upon Allah is a fair of tawakkul, reliance. If you are truly believers, Likewise, you have the eye as well. وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبٌ And whoever, whoever relies upon Allah, then he is sufficed. Likewise, we have the delay, the proof. فَالرَّغْبَ وَالرَّهْبَ بَخُشُوعٌ And you feel the affair of desire, reverent fear. And it's khushu' of humility. The saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ وَيَدَعُونَنَا رَغَبًا رَعَبًا وَكَانُوا لَنَا خَاشِعِينَ That indeed they are those that hasten towards the khayrat, the righteous actions, calling upon us with desire and this reverent fear. And they have, as a fear of this humility, the proof of the khashiyah is the state of Allah ta'ala فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْمْ The fear of the khashiyah I do all and the dread is the state of Allah ta'ala do not dread them but dread me. The state of, of, of Al-Inaba or the proof of, of Al-Inaba is the state of Allah ta'ala وَعَلِيبُوا إِلَى رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ and turn to Allah Ta'ala. Turn to Allah Ta'ala and repent him and submit to him. The proof of isti'ana, the proof of seeking aid from Allah Ta'ala is his statement to Ta'ala, To you we worship and to you we seek aid. Likewise, we have the hadith as well, the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he mentions, That if you seek aid, seek aid with Allah. And the proof of isti'ada, the saying of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Say, I seek refuge in the Lord of, the, of mankind. And the proof of istighatha, yani seeking aid in time of need or seeking deliverance. In the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if tastaghithuna rabbakum fastajaba lakum. And when you seek the aid of your Lord and the deliverance of your Lord, then he answered you. And the proof for adabh, the proof for the slaughter as being from ibadah, it's the same of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kul inna salati wa nusuki wa mahyai wa mamati lillahi rabbil alameen. Say, indeed, my salah and my, indeed my prayer and my slaughtering, my living and my dying is for Allah, the Lord of all the creation. As well as the narration from the sunnah, in which it mentions, La'an Allah ma'adabha li ghayri Allah. Allah Ta'ala curses the one that slaughters for other than him. 
And finally, the proof mentioned here for another, for the vow, is the statement of Allah Taala: "Yufuna bin Nazri, Khafuna Yawman, Kana Sharru Mustatira." That they fulfill their vows, and they fear the day in which evil will become widespread. And so Sheikh Zaid mentions in relation to these ayat that all of these forms of ibadah, all of these are forms of ibadah, tawakkul, rahba, rahba, khushu', isti'ana, isti'adha, istighatha, dhabh, wa nathr, all of these are form, forms of ibadah. And so whoever directs any of them to other than Allah, then this individual, faqad, kafar, wa ashra. That this individual has disbelieved and this individual has fallen into shirk. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. And Alhamdulillah, that concludes the first yani, principle. And the first principle, the first foundation from these three foundations. Inshallah, we'll go on to the second. I will make mention, Inshallah. That we should be able to mention from it, insha'Allah ta'ala. Now. So, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, he mentions, Well, Asl al-Thani, Ma'rifatu deen illa or ma'rifatu deen al-Islam bil adil al And so the second foundation is the knowledge, having knowledge of the religion of Islam with its proofs. With its proofs. And so this is something which we see is repetitive throughout the text. The mention of the adilla. The mention of the adilla. That the majority of the, of the books in the text of Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahhab, is that it's heavily based upon the adillah, heavily based upon the ayat, heavily based upon the narration of the hadith. Naam. He may mention, yani, the wajil istidlal as the title. I, what these, these, these texts can be used as proof, and how they are seen to be proof. However, the actual body of the text is mainly ayat and hadith. And so, like anyone from the callers, I had a callers to the truth. He faced much yani, malignment and opposition and the lies of the people. To this day you find it. Due to the fact that because there, there is or it's impossible essentially to refute the call. Because they can't refute the call. They can't refute the dawah. They can't say that these ayahs are incorrect. They can't say this, these ahadith are incorrect. Because they can't refute the da'wah itself, they seek to discredit the da'i. They seek to discredit the one giving the da'wah. And this is the tariq of Ahlul Batil. So I can't, whether they're Ahlul Batil from the Kufar, the Mushrikeen, whether they're Ahlul Batil from the, the Mubtada'ah, the Hizbiyin, Naam, whoever they are from the people of Batil, if they are seeking to reject the da'wah, and the reality is, is that they cannot bring about shubahat or all the shubahat removed in relation to the da'wah itself and the da'wah al haq then all they are left with is what is refer referred to is what referred to rather as character assassination and they seek to throw doubt upon the da'i doubt upon the one that is calling they can't speak about the call itself they can't speak about the message so they have to speak about the messenger they have to speak about the da'i and bring about doubts upon the one that is calling. And as we mentioned, so the, the, the main part of the, or the, this text is heavily based upon adilla, proofs from the kitab and the sunnah. And so, as we mentioned previously, as I mentioned previously, the hadith of Jibreel, the hadith of Jibreel outlines the deen of Islam and the maratib of deen. At the level of the deen of Islam. So you have Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. And 
these levels of deen are an obligation upon يعني, mankind. And so, Sheikh Zayn goes to mention that from these obligations is knowledge of the Lord, يعني, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and believing in Him, Himself, His names and His attributes. And what is the obligation when it comes to ibadah? And thus he mentioned as well, يعني, something from the different types of ibadah, different types of worship. And within that is Islam, Iman, and Ihsan. And thus as we mentioned the different forms of ibadah and Allah Ta'ala's best. And so as for the second asal, the second foundation, then is the deen of Islam. Having knowledge of the deen of Islam with the adilla from the kitab and the sunnah. And it's the deen of the anbiya wal mursaleen. It's a religion of all of the Anbiya Mursaleen. So when we refer to Islam, Naam, the deen of Islam, then we have reference to the deen of Islam, which is a reference which is Am, in the general, and a reference which is Khas, specific. When we refer to the deen of Islam, in a general sense, then we refer to the, the deen of all of the Anbiya Mursaleen. Islam is what every single prophet and messenger called to. I tawheed. Calling the people to tawheed. Calling the people to adhering to their sunnah and their sharia. That's Islam. And so when we refer to Islam in a general sense, then this is what we're referring to. When we refer to Islam in a specific sense, then we refer to the deen that was revealed to the Nabi, the Khatim al-Anbiya, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So you have Islam in a general and Islam in a specific. Islam in a, spe- in a specific we're referring to the deen that was revealed and perfected with Nabiina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is what is encompassing of Islam, Iman and Ihsan. Now, and there's no difference when it comes to the da'wah of the Anbiya wa Rusul. Cannot be now said that the person, he believes in the da'wah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. However, he disbelieves in the da'wah of Isa alayhi wa sallam. Well, this is a kalima kufriya. This is a statement of kufr. This is a statement of disbelief. Because every single one of their message was a message of Islam. And if a person truly believes in Islam, he believes in Islam when it was revealed to every single one of these prophets and messengers. Thereafter, Shaykh Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahhab, he mentions yani, his definition. And so thus he mentions in Islam, who is Islam, the Lahi bit Tawheed, when Qiyad Lahu bit Ta'a, while Bara'a means Shirk wa Ahlihi. And so, Islam, then it's the affair of Islam is that it is surrendering to Allah by way of Tawheed, submission to Him by way of obedience, and freeing oneself from Shirk and its people. And this is what we understand Islam to be. So he mentions يعني, three things. <coughs> Surrendering to Allah Ta'ala upon Tawheed. Submitting to Him upon obedience. And freeing oneself from shirk and His people. Because we understand that in this terms of Islam, and we'll go on to mention it further, but in terms of our affair of Islam, Islam requires Affirmation and negation. In entering into Islam requires affirmation and negation. In relation to this definition here, the affirmation, يعني, the affirmation here is that we affirm this surrender to Allah upon Tawheed. The affirmation of Tawheed. The affirmation of being upon Tawheed. Likewise, when it comes to affirmation, is the inqiyad, submission. That we turn to Allah Ta'ala in repentance, in submission. Naam. And then when it comes to the negation, I that we negate shirk and his people. We free ourselves from shirk and his people. Both of these things, the affirmation and the negation, are required for our Islam. They're from the requirements of our deen in Islam. So the first we mentioned, I that is Islam, is that the person, he humbles himself. 
in a manner that is befitting. And he humbles himself before his Lord, subhanahu wa ta'ala, before Allah. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who is alone when it comes to creating him, providing for him, and disposing of the affairs within the creation itself. And so, for Allah ta'ala belongs all praise. And for Allah ta'ala belongs yani, uh, gratitude. That we're grateful to Allah for his blessings. For the blessings that we wouldn't be able to enumerate in reality. Likewise, Shaykh al-Islam, Muhammad Abdul Wahab, he mentions yani, that we turn to Allah Ta'ala and submit to him with ta'a. We mentioned something last week about inqiyad. Does anyone remember what it was? That it's, it's, it's one and the same with what? Inqiyad is one and the same with something else. In Qiyad, in this affair of submission, is one and the same with something else. Mentioned along with something else. You can't separate this from something else. Obedience. Obedience. It's obedience. Not obedience. <clears throat> in Qiyad, is one and the same, and it goes along with something else. It's always with something else. Inaba? No. Afan, that was Inaba. Afan, it was Inaba. And Inaba and Qiyad, they got one with something else, Afan. Not fear and hope. Inaba and Qiyad, they're one and the same, or they go alongside what? Toba. They're Toba. In order for the person to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it has to fulfill these conditions. The submission fulfills the same conditions as the tawbah. If you, if you ponder upon the fact that, for example, a person enters, in, enters into Islam, naam, he enters into Islam, and he's aware now of shirk. So for, maybe, for example, he's performed shirk previously. He enters into Islam yani, with the intent of tawbah as well. With the intent of freeing himself from that which he was upon before. Because when he finished shahada, Naam, he frees himself from the shirk. Within his shahada, he negates anything that is worthy of worship besides Allah. So he frees himself from it. Within that as well, he has to have that regret upon what he was upon. Naam, within that as well, he has the azima to not return to it. So this is how the person truly submits. Is that it requires tawbah as well. And it's one and the same with tawbah. Allah Ta'ala, A'lam. Naam. And so this is the way which a person submits with obedience and they submit in a manner in which they adhere to the commands that are found within the book of Allah and the sunnah of the messenger of Allah sallallahu as well as adhering to the sunnah of the Nabi alayhi salatu So this is, these are the two things that, that have to be there. Now I have to be affirmed. From the affair that has to be negated is the freeing oneself from shirk and its people. Naam. From shirk and its people. We understand and, we, and we, this, this completely negates the statement that you find upon the tongues of some people. Which essentially was a statement that originates from the Nasara. Where they say, where they say hate the sin and not the sinner. Naam, free yourself essentially from the sin but not the sinner. Rather, the Muslim frees himself from the sin and the sinner. The Muslim frees himself from shirk and the mushrik. Aye, the mushrik is the one who performs the action. We free ourselves from that. And so, this is what is yani, upon us is that we free ourselves from the mushrik, aye, from shirk and the mushrik. For indeed, the mushrik in reality. It's from the adah of Allah, from the enemies of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the enemies of the messengers, and the enemies of the mu'mineen, the enemies of the believers. And so it's not permissible to have love for them, and have association with them, and to aid them, 
over or aid them in opposition to the, against the Muslims. Rather, in the Mayajib, mentioned by Sheikh Zayd, in the Mayajib, Bukhduhum, Wadawatuhum, Wabara and Minhum, Amalan, Binosusi Kitabu, and Nosusi Sahih Sunnah Nabi, Sarah Salam. So, rather, just as you know, it's not permissible to have love for them. Naam, what is the obligation that is upon you to have hatred for them? Hatred for them. And hatred for them due to their enmity for Islam and its Sunnah. And so, with this point here, Barakallahu Fiku, it's important that we understand, we look at it in context. Because if the affair was attached to anything to do with our own selves, Anfusina, or those that are beloved to us, then this would not be an issue of uh, any gravity. It wouldn't be something of difficulty. If you knew that, for example, someone spoke ill about someone beloved to you, whether it be a parent or your child, someone spoke ill about them, naam, then that book for them would be one, an amr, which is amr yasir, easy. The hatred you have for them would be easy. Why? Because they, they, took some, they took from the rights of yourself or took from the right of someone beloved to you. And they did not establish the right of yourself or establish the right of someone close to you. So they, when it comes to disassociating yourself from that, Amr Yasir. Amr Hayyin, and easy. However, when it comes to now the one that did not give the Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Rabb al-Samawati wal-Ard, Allah ta'ala, he's you right, then you hear kalam. Are they really that bad? Is it really the case that we have to Yani oppose them. They haven't given Allah to Ali's rights. They fall into the worst thing that can be done for anyone in mankind. If you think about all of the heinous crimes that, that mankind can do, all of them, and some of them, if, if it's heard that someone done that crime, then it, 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 all, it uh, elicits the hatred of the people straight away. And rightly so. All of the crimes you could imagine and shirk is the worst of them. It's about putting things into context. Putting things into context in relation to the rights of the people and the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As I mentioned, I mentioned just a quick kissa uh, uh, that I, I remember when, when having a discussion with somebody. And uh, it, it, came, it came up it was in the course of da'wah, he wasn't Muslim. And he stated that I agree with everything you're saying. He was actually a policeman. So I said, I agree with everything you're saying, but um, you know, I just don't agree that if you're not Muslim, then why would you go to the hellfire? Or I don't agree with this, this, this feeling of enmity towards a part of someone who's not Muslim. So I said, as I mentioned, why is relevant as a policeman? So I said to him, you as an individual, what is the worst thing you've come across as a policeman? He said, murder. It's the worst thing you come across, murder. And he would agree that this such a person is deserving of punishment. And he'd probably go as far to say he agrees that this person is deserving of punishment in the dunya and the akhirah. Now, you know he's not Muslim. I said, the fact is, is that because of this individual, and this person that's murdered, his right, his fundamental right to just live, his right to, to life itself was taken from him without due, without due right. His right to life itself was taken from him without due right. So we all agree that it's incorrect. So I said, what about the one who gave him that life and that right in the first place? What about establishing the right of that, of Allah Ta'ala? Of the one that gave him the right? Causes a person who's stumped. Can't say anything after that. You can't fulfill, you can't talk about the right of the of the insan and then negate the right of the of the one that created insan. And negate the rights of the ones that gave him the rights. Aslam. And so if we go back to now, we'll be talking about the people of Shirk and the ones that take from the rights of Allah or take 
and do not establish the rights of Allah rather. Now the ones who do not establish Allah's right, then of course we oppose these individuals. Of course we oppose them. And so this is from what is regarded as being from the requirements of our deen and the requirements of ourselves as being amongst the Muslims. Now, thereafter, as we mentioned, these levels of deen that were mentioned were previously mentioned in the hadith of Jibreel. And there are three levels. Islam, Iman and Ihsan. Naam, that the deen of Islam are of these three levels. Islam, Iman and Ihsan. And every martaba, every level has arkan. So every one of those levels has pillars. And so the arkan of Islam are five. And the arkan of Iman are six. And Ihsan is one pillar. And we mentioned them previously uh, in the previous uh, asr, in the previous foundation. And so the arkan of Islam are five. The first of them is the shahada of La ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammad Rasulullah. So the arkan of Islam are five. The first is the shahada of La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And we mentioned uh, that this, this affair of the shahada team. It has arkan, it has shurut. It has rights. It has actions that are from the mukammilat. I think that perfect the shahada and perfect your tawheed. And we mentioned those previously. And so in general, the statement of la ilaha, yeah, there's no deity worthy of worship, yeah, in truth. This is the negation. And so this is the negation of everything that is worshipped besides Allah. And this la, as we mentioned previously, in Arabic language, is referred to as what? Remember? La Manfiya Nafia La Nafia more to it though. La Nafia Safi Safi. That's what it is, but what's it called? Nafia. <laughs> 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 not Nahi. Nafia. Nafia then there's something. La and Nafia. It's La and Nafia Lil Jints. It's called La and Nafia Lil Jints. Naam. Where La and Nafia Lil Jints is where you absolutely negate what follows it. Naam. And so what is referred, what, what comes after the La and Nafia Lil Jints is Mansoor, where it takes Fatha. This is known as Ism La. This is what has been absolutely negated. So La. Uh, la ilaha this word ilaha is, it means it's an absolute negation of a deity worthy of worship absolute negation and there's no ihtimal naam you don't find that there's any possibility of anything else naam so this is a negation so when we understand when we say it's a negation naam we don't just say a negation yani, in, in, a, in a manner which is muhtamal yani, where there's possibility uh, there's other possibilities and there's absolute negation then you have the affirmation yani illallah besides Allah and so this is the affirmation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only so there's nothing worthy of worship in truth yani except besides Allah so you're affirming that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one worthy of worship in the truth now as the second part of the shahada when Muhammad Rasulullah, that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the messenger of Allah, then this is one pillar, and that is the affirmation that he alayhi salatu salam is the messenger of Allah. And so there's talazm, these, these two, these two uh, parts of the shahada. Uh, go hand in hand. Now there's talazm between them. Naam, you can't have one without the other. A person cannot say that I bear witness that there's no worth, there's no deity worthy of worship truth besides Allah. But he doesn't believe that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is the messenger of Allah. It's not sufficient. Just like the second as well. You cannot say that I believe 
that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah, but I'm going to worship Allah and Isa alayhi salam. Naam. Both have to go hand in hand. One, comprom- one complements the other. And so you cannot state one without the other. Now, likewise, in the second pillar, which is the Iqamah to Salah. And the Iqamah to Salah, what we understand is that the person establishes the prayer, ala wajhil mashru' in a manner that in the manner that it has been legislated. They don't just pray. Naam. They pray in a manner that is legislated. Hence why Ahlul Im they mention when the salah is mentioned, whether it's been the narrations, whether it be in the ayat, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions iqamatu salah. When the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi mentions iqamatu salah. Now salah. Establish the prayer. And it's not mentioned just merely to pray. Why? Because the person has to establish the prayer in a manner that has been يعني, legislated. As the Messenger of Allah وسلم, stated, Pray as you see me pray. And this is how the person establishes the prayer. Thereafter, the Shaykh mentions, And he gives the zakah. And what is meant by the giving of the zakah is that the person gives the zakah from the different forms of the zakah. Naam. They don't know how, how the zakah can be given. Seven things. Tafadda. What? Go sober. Yeah, so from, from harvest, harvest, harvest goods, yeah, gold, silver, harvest goods, so you can give money, you can give harvest goods, yeah, I mean, uh, things that grow, land, livestock, now, yeah, I think that's the first one, now, and also as well, it was referred to as Aruda Tijara, so, yeah, uh, what we'd call it in English, Merchandise, essentially things that you, you use for um, for your 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 business, for your trade. So you paid the zakah upon this, and then there are individuals that are eligible for zakah. Uh, we met the the asnaf. There are eight different people that are eligible for zakah, and so the zakah, the benefit of praying zakah, is that it's a means of an individual purifying his wealth. The means of a person purifying his wealth. He's purifying his wealth by way of ibadah with his wealth. Allah Ta'ala knows best. Thereafter, uh, Sheikh mentions this, the fourth pillar, which is the Salmul Ramadan, the fasting for the month of Ramadan. And month of Ramadan, no doubt, the ninth month in the Hijri calendar. And it's an obligation. To fast from the Tulu al Fajr, Thani, first from the second Fajr, the true Fajr, all the way to the Guruba Shams, all the way to the sunset. And the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions, When Samar Ramadan, Iman wa Ahtisaba, Rufira lahu matakadam in Dambi. That whoever fasts Ramadan with true faith and anticipation and striving for the reward يعني, of his Lord, that which is proceeded from his sins will be forgiven. Allah Ta'ala has bestowed upon his ummah I, this blessing of Laylatul of Qadr within the month of Ramadan as well. And this is for the, from the khasais, from the specific yani benefits, unique benefits upon the ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Naam. And this is a means for them to strive in the month of Ramadan. That they seek out this this uh, this Laylatul Qadr, this Laylatul Qadr, in which the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentions in relation to it, the narration found of Ibn Abbas, il tamisuha fil ashr awakhir, and you seek it out in the ten, in the final ten days, or the final ten nights rather, of Ramadan. 
Now, likewise as well, from the pillars and the final, fifth and final pillar mentioned from these pillars of Islam is Hajj. Hajj al-Bayt, Hajj al-Bayt Allah al-Haram. The person performs Hajj. And Allah Ta'ala has made this an obligation upon the Muslims and made it a pillar from the pillars of Islam. And he's made it a pillar with the condition of al-istita'a, with the condition that the person is able to do so. Naam. And he is, the istita'a referring to the fact that a person, he possesses yani, sufficient provisions. He possesses a sufficient amount of money, whether that be the money for him to go, or provisions in relation to yani, his riding beast. As well as he has security on the path. He has a secure path in order to perform Hajj. And if the person is then it's la you juz lahu and you sow with or you ajil. So it's no if the person has the ability to perform the Hajj, then it's not permissible for him that he falls into what is referred to as taswif. Tasweef taken from the word sofa. Yeah, I will do it, I will do it. Naam. Or he delays it. Naam. But the reality is, and you find that some people, they, 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 they end up having savings. They save money. They save money. And they, have, they save their money. And the shaitan may deceive them in order, this, in order for them to save money for a particular gharad. To say, no, I'm saving money so I can make hijrah. Or I'm saving money so that I can do this X, Y, Z for my children. So I can put my children in Islamic school. Mefalim. Naam. But he has the ability to perform Hajj. And it's a rukum in al-Qan al-Islam. So just as this individual would not miss a salah. Naam. Just as the individual would fast every day in Ramadan. As soon as he has that ability, his focus should be on performing the Hajj. And so while some of Ahlul Ilm, they mention that there is a discussion, as Sheikh Zayn mentioned this here, that Hajj can be, before, before, can be performed at a fold, at a fold, yani immediately, so as soon as you get that ability, that next Hajj you perform it. <coughs> or at a Tarakhi, it can be delayed somewhat. Now there is a discussion amongst the scholars in relation to that. The Sheikh mentions here there is knuckle. So he transmits the speech that the Hajj al-Fawl, al-Fawl, so the Hajj that is performed in it immediately is the position of the Jamhur, is the position of the majority of the scholars, that the person should perform Hajj as soon as they have the ability. So of course, it's causes upon us to reflect upon our circumstances. Some of us don't have the circumstances. Now, but what, would, what I would say is just as a, a point, as a side point, as an encouragement for those that if you have something from savings and you're able to go, then strive to go. Because it may be this year you're able, you, you, are, you have the ability. However, next year you don't. Next year, it may be a case that your physical health doesn't, is, is, not, is, not, is a preventative factor. Or next year, that money that you had is no longer there. Or next year, that money that you have is no longer sufficient to go. So it should always be something that we strive to do for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah ta'ala knows best. We'll conclude with this. Barakallahu feekum. Wa jazakum Allah khaira. Wa sallallahu wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa akhra da'wan and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Naam. Necessarily so, but not necessarily so. If if it's a case of greeting someone first and foremost, it's okay. Even if you're saying my friend or whatever else, if it's sometimes these are just turn of turn of phrases. So you're not saying my friend, you're you are my friend. No, it's a turn of phrase. Okay. Now, and so if it's a case of 
the person, because I realize this is a fair, where a person freeing themselves, they free themselves in their actions, in their speech, and they free themselves in that which they believe in that yeah. right as well. So if, for example, you're cordial with them, of course you're going to be, you live, we live amongst them, reality is. So you're going to be cordial with them, it's their, it's their, it's their ballad. Now, so you have that, that degree of dealings with them and it's just a general good dealing, but you don't allow it to become one where you, uh, you become too close with them. And so anything outside of that is, would be too much. Or not, or not. Well, one more question, sorry. So basically, you know, when it comes to the wealth that you're saying you're giving zakat? Yes. So say if you've got, say, like gold and then you've got also produce. Yes. Right? What's that amount? Is it 2.5%? Are yes. you giving that for each part that you have or is it just one? No, it's, it's because it's one thing. A lot of times best. So, so, so yeah, whatever comes up to two point five percent of your of that wealth. Okay. No. Sahuna khair. Allah sallallahu wa baraka nabiyyina Muhammad. Ali wa sallam wa akhudah wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.